0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 180.
1: Small, small catch monkey. You need to have a lot of little, tiny goals that will then add up to reaching your big goal.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Emmy Hall. Emmy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I have my seatbelt locked and loaded. Let's go.
0: All right. It is great to have you here. Emmy's a driver, a racer, a reviewer, and basically a rabble rouser. She's the principal driver and trophy winner for the Mega Monkey Motorsports, say that three times, two-seat 1600 desert race car, where she's podiumed, finished in Class 5U, Class 11, and Ultra 4. She's one of the fewer than 20 American women who participated in the rally Aisha des Gazelles, a nine-day all-female off-road rally in Morocco where they use no GPS. Wow. Emmy reviews cars with the guys at Fastlane Car, one of the top automotive channels on YouTube, and she holds an MFA in costume technology from North Carolina School of Arts, and she graduated from Yale School of Drama. She lives in Washington, D.C., and works at a well-known regional theater there, and Emmy also autocrosses her Mazda Speed Miata whenever she gets a chance. So, Emmy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your career, your interest, and of course, your passion for driving automobiles really fast?
1: Sure. Well, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much for asking me. You know, it's funny. So many people in my world, they love to hear about all my racing stories, and they love to hear about some of the pavement stuff that I do. But really, I love dirt racing. I love desert endurance racing. And um the two-seater 1600 car is, you know, a lot of people don't understand the different classes of that. So a two-seater 1600 is basically a Volkswagen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a 1600cc engine in the back. Um, it has a Volkswagen front end. Um, but after that, that's pretty much about it. Oh, sorry, Volkswagen transmission too, four-speed <laughs> transmission. Cool. Um, but it's a tube chassis, um, and I have, I can have uh, bypass shocks all the way around. I've got disc brakes all the way around. I've got about twelve inches of travel in the front and maybe sixteen of inches of travel in the back. Wow. Now you people might be familiar with the big trophy trucks like right. what Robbie Gordon drives. Those trucks, just for comparison, have probably three feet of travel. Man. So my car is much more rough than those big trophy trucks. Yeah. But what I love about my car is that I can get super like deep into it. Like your trophy trucks are on top of the dirt uh-huh. in the sixteen hundred car, you're like really, really into it, which I like. I like getting into the turns, you yeah. know. But I'd always done racing off-road and all of that kind of stuff. I started in that 5 Unlimited car, or I raced with a Class 11 team. Now, Class 11 is basically a stock bug. So that's literally stock Volkswagen, 1969 Volkswagen bug. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that you have a roll cage. You can have bigger tires. Nah, that's pretty much about it. So wow. that's a super slow, super rough ride, but it's so, so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's like a dune buggy, the old-fashioned dune buggies.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, but slower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you
1: average like 25 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour a race in, in a class 11, you're like, we were flying, you Wow, know?
0: yeah. People have to stop and think. You're not on a smooth highway. You are going over ruts and boulders and tumbleweeds exactly. and cracked cactuses and who knows what, so.
1: Exactly. you got to watch out for cows, rocks, people— you know, other cars, because we're out there with, you can be in the slowest class possible, but you're out there with trophy trucks that can hit 130 miles an hour. Oh, geez. And you're in a little class 11, and you're like, oh, my God, please don't kill me. Yeah, I hope they just
0: fly over the top.
1: (laughs) That happens sometimes. Oh, gosh, that's
0: crazy. That's crazy. Well, you know, I think we're going to get into some more of all this fun stuff that you do as we move through here, but I always like to start our journey. We'll get out of the dirt for a minute here with a success quote, a mantra. And this is a saying that's instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love to drive, so Emmy, take the wheel.
1: Well, you know, for my inspirational quote, it actually has nothing to do with driving. It was something that I heard when I was uh, in the Peace Corps. I was in the Peace Corps after college in Cameroon, which is in West Africa. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the map of Africa, it's the country that looks like a chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you look at it and you will go, "Oh my god, it totally it's looks like a chicken." chicken. <laughs> but just north of the equator and um I didn't do my full 2 years there. Um I decided that the the Peace Corps wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be for 2 years, but it was a great experience and I'm I'm glad that I tried it and I'm glad that I that I was there for the time that I was there. But one of the things that, that people would say there was small, small catch monkey. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't, what do you mean small, small catch monkey? And they said, well, it's, you need to have a lot of little tiny goals that will then add up to reaching your big goal. Okay, You have many small steps to catch your monkey, right? Yeah, And that is, to me, so many things that I want to do in life, whether it's podiuming in off-road or whether it's raising money to go to the Gazelle Rally or whether it's going back to school or wh- whatever it is, like those goals can be overwhelming when you look at them as a whole, you mm-hmm. know, when you look at them and when you look at the final product. So you have to be able to break those down into smaller, more manageable, more achievable goals. And so you can make, get your small, small catch monkey.
0: I love that. Very interesting. I've never heard that one before. That's Fantastic. Would you do me a favor and share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that moment in your life when you really knew you were a car gal.
1: Well, it's funny. There's a, there's a few of those things. I'm a child of the 70s, and I remember seeing Smokey and the Bandit when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the car with my mom in my mom's 1980 Toyota Celica 5-speed. Oh, cool. And I would sit in the passenger seat, and she would, she would let me shift. Oh, you know, She would uh-huh. push in the clutch and she would tell me when to shift. And I'd be like, I thought I was the coolest thing, you know? Yeah. And I remember telling her, like, we'd be coming down into a turn or something, and I'd be, Mom, Mom, squeal the tires like Burt Reynolds, Get <laughs> all squirrely like Burt Reynolds, you know? And she would, sometimes she would, but most of the time she'd be like, Now, Emmy, come on, yeah. you know? I learned later on, like, as I got older, that when my mom grew up, they had a 1950 something, probably 54, 55 Ford police engine special oh wow and when i turned 16 then i started hearing all the stories of how my mom behaved in her car Uh, when she was my age you know (laughs) and about how she used to drag race and do all this stuff wow cool mom oh okay so this is kind of where all this is coming from yeah so i had that from my mom but then also from my dad my parents divorced when I was pretty young and I spent all my weekends with my dad, usually out camping. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really learned to drive was out in the desert, in the dune buggy. So, uh, there as we soon go. As, yeah, so as soon as I was tall enough to reach the pedals, I was in the dune buggy learning how to drive, starting out on the flats and then going up into some of the rougher stuff and all that. So yeah. by the time I was 16 and I had to take the behind the wheel stuff, I could just get in and i I just drove,
2: you know, because <laughs>
1: I'd been doing it already for four or five years. Yeah. So it was just always kind of there. You know, we were always going out in the dune buggy and being out with my dad on the dry lake bed in the dune buggy. And I'd be like, do a donut, dad, do a donut. And he would fly out and then slam one of the turning brakes. And you just spin around, spin around, spin around, spin around, all this dust. And then you would fly out out of it. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Wonderful. And I couldn't wait till I could do it myself. So it's just always been a part of my life.
0: Yeah, fantastic memories. And my mom had a Celica like your mother's. That was a cool little car. Those things had bulletproof engines, and they were they were really fun. I love the styling of them as well. They were great. What a great childhood. So, Emmy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, maybe some of those dirt roads you've driven down, and crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced in your life or your career, but the most important part of this question has to do with how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it?
1: Well, so I want to talk about the Gazelle Rally, which um, a lot of your listeners might not be familiar with. This is the 25th year. It's hugely popular in France. It started as a French rally. It's kind of like the the Dakar, except that instead of it's not a speed-based rally. It's a navigational rally. Okay. So points are awarded for shortest distance between checkpoints, not fastest time. Hmm. And it's also an all-female rally. So it, there's only chicks out there. Wow. Because it's about the shortest distance, the idea is to drive in a straight line, right? <laughs> sure. There may be... So you, you what you do is you, prop, you plot your points. They give you your latitude and longitude points. You plot those points on your map. Then you draw your straight line on your map and then you might realize, oh, wow, there's a mountain in between yeah, where we are and where we need or, to go. <laughs> yeah. Or a lake or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you have to try to navigate around that. And so basically you can choose your, your point. You can choose your way. You can choose to go maybe up over it. You can choose to go around it. You can choose whatever, however you want to do it. So it's, very di- it's like the car, but it's also very different. And uh, our first year we rented a truck. And we were in a, an Isuzu D-Max, which is basically, it's based on the old Chevy Colorados.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: a great truck, but it's not necessarily prepped how I would expect something to be prepped. You know, I mean, it was pretty stock. Maybe they threw some bigger wheels on it, but, you know, suspension was pretty stock. It, was, uh, yeah. it wasn't yeah, was necessarily how I, the vehicle that I would want to go over there, <laughs> but it was my first year. And in my mind... I'm in Morocco, and I'm in a truck, and I'm in a competition, so I'm in a race. Yeah. I'm racing. Yeah. That's not what I should have been doing, but I was Uh, racing, you know. Okay. So I was going too fast, and uh, we hit something, you know, just hit a bump in the road going too fast, and um, I came back to the bivouac that night. I mean, the car performed fine after we had this little mishap didn't notice anything, came back to the bivouac, was talking to the mechanics. And of course, all of this is happening in French, right?
2: <laughs> oui. so I'm
1: trying to say to them in French, <laughs> in my limited French. Um, and it turned out I had uh, bent the frame a little bit. Oh, okay. Not a lot. I mean, I looked at it and I'm like, I race on stuff that's more yep. bent than that. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. But they were very concerned and they weren't going to let us continue. And this was like the second day of the rally, oh, right? Oh, no. I had prepared for two years to get to this. You know, it took a lot of heart and soul to get there. And yeah. they're like, well, we're not going to let you keep going. And I'm like, this absolutely can't happen. And we were able to negotiate with them. They put a, like a tracker in our car that if we went over 50 kilometers an hour, they would come and find us and you know give us a finger wagging. Yep. And if we continued to do that, we would be out of the rally. Now, so 50 kilometers an hour is like 30 miles. Yeah, behind, I was right? going to
0: say, that's not very fast.
1: It's not very fast. And we had to sign something that said, if we died, we wouldn't sue the rally and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And so we had to rally under these conditions. And it was really hard. It really, really tested my patience. And my co-driver just, I would try to go faster. I'd be like, well, we have to make the checkpoint where the sun's going down. We can't navigate at night. And she's like, do you want to get out of the rally? Because if you go faster now, we're going to lose the whole thing. So let's have some patience. So. Because I was constrained in how fast I could go, I really, really had to concentrate on being in control at all times. Yeah. And what I learned from that is you can't drive faster than what your vehicle is prepared for. And if you're not putting that car within an inch of where you want it to be, then you're going too fast. Yep. You know, and I was able to bring that over for our second year and- I mean, I was a granny. I drove like a granny second gear the whole time. Like, I was not going fast. And we got a top 30 finish. So while patience has been a very difficult thing for me in the Gazelle Rally and in regular racing as well, that year was something that really kind of turned all of that around for me. That's the long answer to your short question. Yeah. No, (laughs) it sounds like a
0: great adventure and a great test of uh, skill and will and determination and perseverance and all that wrapped into one. Fantastic. Let's shift gears here, Emmy, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story. When you had a real aha moment in your career, one of those times when you realized, you know what, this idea is going to work. I think it's going to make it. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success.
1: When I first started reviewing cars, uh, I was just kind of at the right place at the right time. And um, Roadfly, the company that I started out with, was looking for um, a female reporter to replace uh Jessie Lang who had moved on to Motor Trend and I had no idea if I was going to be good at it you know I'm not Jessie was very she you know she was very petite and she had long blonde hair and she was very I would say traditionally attractive and I come in and I usually have like crazy funky hair and <laughs> and and it's really short and you know and i've i've got kind of a tomboy vibe going like a funky tomboy vibe and i'm like i don't know this is going to work uh-huh. like i have no clue if this is going to people are going to accept this or want to watch any of my videos right and you know the first the first couple of videos there was a lot of backlash but then people started really enjoying my kind of funky style and the fact that i'm not very serious in my car reviews and what I learned is that, you know, you need to embrace yourself and your own quirks yes. because that's what makes you, you. Yep. And so I've been trying, you know, I've never been one to hold back on my personality. Really? But now, I- <laughs> can you believe that? Um, Hard to believe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but now I just, I feel much more comfortable in how I can present myself on camera. And I feel much more comfortable with taking a few risks. on doing, you know, a silly little bit or making a joke or possibly, you know, wearing some crazy costume that goes with the car that we're that we're reviewing for that week, you know, because that right. kind of stuff is fun. And, you know, I'm never going to be the technical reviewer who's going to give you all of the ins and outs of, you know, how they get the performance out of this. Like, that's not just what it's going to be. Like, my reviews are going to be, you know what, this car was fun and this is why. Yeah, because that's. Where my where my life is coming from, you know. I love that. If it's not fun, there's no reason to do it.
0: Yeah, it's a great lesson in life of just be yourself, and Mm -hmm. so important. And you know, TV audiences, YouTube audience, they get used to a certain person. Sometimes it takes a while for someone new to find their stride, if you will. But I think it always works to be yourself and not be something different. Exactly. How about proudest moments? I would guess that you've had many in your career, but is there one in particular? that really stands out?
1: Yeah. So our second year at the Gazelle Rally, you do these marathon legs, so much like the Dakar Rally, where they're out for a couple of days with no mechanical assistance. We have that as well, where you have two days where you camp out, there's no mechanical assistance. And usually the marathon legs are some of the hardest terrain days and navigation days. Usually you're in the dunes at some point. And if if you've ever driven in dunes, it's real hard to drive a straight line in a dune. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. When the road's so it, shifting all the time underneath.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. It's really difficult to maintain your 20 degree heading. So navigating in the dunes is very hard. And this year, our I think it was our first marathon leg, we made it back to the bivouac while it was still light out. And that was a huge thing because the year before we had no, we came in every night while it was dark. Mm -hmm. And we never got any sleep. And we hardly got to shower or eat or anything, you know. And that time when we came back, and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, we'd gotten all the checkpoints. We were just bam, 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 straight on, straight on, straight on, straight on. And I remember there's, there's a lot of media, um, French media that happens at the gazelle rally. One of the guys asked me how I felt and how proud, you know, what happened. And I started to cry because I'm like, I was, we had such a great day oh, and I was awesome. so proud of, I was so proud of my navigator, but the fact that I was able to get that car through the dunes and we got stuck, but we never got like majorly, majorly stuck. Mm-hmm. We were always able to dig out within like 10 minutes. That to me was just such a huge accomplishment. And I was like, and I'm really proud
2: of myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> oh my God all these
1: emotions are happening. It was really funny. but Wonderful story. Yeah. I
0: love that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And I'll add, if you want it to be your first really special race car, and share a memory that you had with that vehicle.
1: Well, my very first special car well, my first car was my mom's Celica, mm-hmm. and then I got a Jeep, which I loved. I loved the Jeep, but it wasn't until I got to college and I got a 1973 Volkswagen Thing. Oh
0: yeah, um, remember those? Yep.
2: Oh my God, I <laughs> love. I that could
0: see, car. I could see that working for you. Yeah.
1: I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> One day I was going to drive, I was living in San Diego at the time and I was going to drive up to Orange County for a friend's birthday party, which is like maybe an hour and a half drive, a two hour drive. And it's a Volkswagen, right? So there, it's always has oil problems. So I was like, well, I'm taking a little bit of a drive. I better check the oil. So I go around to the back where the engine is and mm-hmm. I check the oil. I was like, ooh, we're a little low. So I go around to the front and I open up the hood because that's where the trunk is. And I grab my little quart of oil that I always kept in there. And I thought to myself, well, it's not going to take the entire court. So I kind of put the hood down, but I didn't latch it. Uh oh! And I went around to the back and I put the oil in. It took the whole court. And I was like, huh, look at that. Threw the, threw the empty bottle away, got in the car, took off. And the next thing I know, I hit 30 miles an hour and that hood just oh, flipped up, no, right? Oh,
2: yes. Bam! Uh-huh.
1: Smacked into the windshield. And now, you know, the windshield frame was designed to go, to move up and down. Right. So the windshield frame just like bent back, the windshield is just cracked. And there's no safety glass in that thing, you know, it's it's, it's from 1970. Pretty rough, yep. Oh, So I was able to get, and I didn't have the top on, of course. (laughs) Um, So I was able to get it back into town or back to my house. And um, the guy that I was dating at the time did a little, you know, car body work um, on the side. Mm -hmm. So he came down, he took the windshield off for me. So now I'm driving this car around. It's basically a bucket, right? I
2: yeah. mean, it's
1: a Volkswagen thing. So it looks really funny already with no windshield, no windshield frame, <laughs> no roll bar, no top, and a big old empty stinger exhaust on it. So it's loud, 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 drawing loud.
0: drawing a little attention to yourself. A
1: little bit of attention. So I'm driving down the street. People are looking at me. And then a truck passes me and kicks up a rock and hits me in the head. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then... I decided that the best thing to do is to wear a helmet while I'm driving down the road with no, oh oh my gosh, it was hilarious. And I drove like that for like two weeks all through San Diego. Oh, jeez! Like an idiot. It was so (laughs) awesome.
0: (laughs) If if only back then we'd had YouTube and all the cameras on the phones, you'd have been all over the internet. Look at this crazy gal.
2: (laughs) I know. That's funny.
0: funny. That's funny. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage?
1: Yeah, after I had to get rid of the thing, and which definitely is seller's remorse. But I've, I've talked about that a little bit. So after I had that, I, had an, I bought a 1990
0: Miata. Oh, fun. It
1: was like one of the first ones you know, off the line. In fact, the, the registration said it was a 1989. Wow, okay. Um, even because it was bought brand, brand new before the model year. Sure. I mean, I loved it. I didn't never did anything to it. Like at that at that time, I loved driving and I loved cars, but I didn't know a lot about the mechanical parts of them, like, you know, how to tune it or where to go to get a better engine or how to improve it or anything like that. I just didn't know. And I drove the crap out of that car. As much <laughs> as I could, I drove the crap out of that car. And when I sold it, it had 250,000 miles on it. Holy cow. I know, and I sold it for $800. Uh. And now I'm like
0: yeah, they're fun cars. Yeah. They're fun cars. I've had several friends that have had those Miatas and let me drive them. We've had many guests here on cars, yeah, who are very fond of Miatas. People that have raced Miatas. Had a gentleman oh, on yeah. who, who actually takes the body off of Miatas and builds custom yeah. bodies. So very flexible and a fun car to throw around and just a blast.
1: Yeah. Well, my my daily is a um, 2004 Mazda Speed Miata. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now you know. So now that I've been getting into Miatas a lot, I mean, I'm on my third Miata. So. I can tell the difference. I can remember that car, and it was so much lighter than the one that I have now. Right. And it's like, man, if I had that old Miata now, I would just take that (laughs) engine out and dump in a Mazda Speed with a flying Miata turbo kit on it. And, oh, God, it would be awesome. Sounds like trouble to me.
0: (laughs) How about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about this upcoming race season with the 1600 car. We are going out, we're racing February 28th in Barstow. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Barstow's super rough, so it's a lot of fun because it's very, very technical. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of just flat-out speed places. It's so funny. Like, I love to race, but I like slow racing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Oh, control. Um, yeah, but I, I love all that, all that technical stuff. And yet my car's pretty heavy. We finally had a chance to weigh it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's like 300 pounds more than everybody else's 1600." Mm-hmm. So when we get to all those flat, all those flat-out speed parts, I'm I'm always at a disadvantage. So I really like the places where you have to pick your line carefully and you know keep your foot in it at all times to get through it. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about what that what that what this season is is going to bring in that car.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds like a blast. All right, this next question is a lot of fun, and I'm really curious how you're going to answer this. If Emmy was a car, what kind of car would she be and why?
1: This is really hard. <laughs> um,
0: Very introspective.
1: I mean, it is, it is. I think I, think I might be, uh, okay, I, I'm going to go with this. I think I might be a one of the new Hellcats.
2: Oh, Wow!
1: I know, and if, you're probably not expecting that, but I think it's because those the the Hellcats, the Charger and the Challenger Hellcats, they really make no apologies.
2: You know, <laughs> they're just
1: out there, and they are what they are, yeah. and they do what they do well. And they're not for everybody, but they're like, you know what? I really don't care what you think. Uh, this is what I am, and I am a badass. And <laughs> y- if you don't like me, you can go buy. If you want something refined. Go buy a BMW, yeah. but I'm out here and I'm having fun, and I am just, you know, ovaries out. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, 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 right now I'm really identifying with the Hellcat, and honestly, a a Ch- Challenger Hellcat is the only big car I think that would make me cheat on my little Miata.
0: Yeah, <laughs> cheat on Miata. I love that. Very oh, no, nice, know. very nice. I love <laughs> the way you answered that. When I knew it was going to be fun. So Emmy, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah! listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to carsya.com and get a free copy of the Fantastic Filler Up Book. It's a full color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over sixty color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free filler-up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Emmy, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And you're a racer, you know what this means. It's time to put the pedal down and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready?
1: Um, gosh, okay.
0: Alright, <laughs> here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: When in doubt, throttle out.
0: Oh, I love it. That's awesome. First time for that one. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I always say the throttle goes both ways.
1: (laughs) Ah, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: It's to understand that every little step that you take is a positive step towards your goal.
0: There you go. small, small catch monkey. Yeah, small, small catch monkey. Love that. Do you have a resource that you would share with our listeners? I know there's so many out there these days, but maybe it's a website or a blog that you receive?
1: Well, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about tflcar yes,
0: of course. yeah uh,
1: which is the uh, the website that I work for and our YouTube channel. Um, just uh, search for us on our YouTube channel. you know it's we do a, a video every day. Mm-hmm. you get a video every single day, and yeah. it could be an everything you wanted to know or it could be a review or it could be a ta- just a TFL talk. So there's a lot of cool things that we've got coming out of our out of our uh website.
0: And would you share a book with our listeners that you've really enjoyed that you think they should crack open and read?
1: How to keep your Volkswagen Alive, a guide for the complete idiot.
0: <laughs> I've got that the book. book. Yeah. yeah, of
1: course. If you don't have that book, man, it's so good. And those seventies drawings are excellent.
0: I know. You know, it's so fun. I, I got that book when I was a kid. I had a Carmen Gia, sixty-seven. Carmen nice. Gia. That was my poor man's Porsche, and my dad bought me that book so I could learn how to work on it. And oh my gosh, every page of that had a a bent corner and fingerprints with oil. And uh, but they made it so easy.
1: Yeah, it really, it really is very easy. And I love that they say things like. Now remember to tie your long hair back uh, so that it doesn't get caught. And then I'm like, dude, nobody has long hair that's working on Volkswagens right now.
0: Uh, I well, know, that's
2: probably not true. That's well, what
0: they did back then. I was one of them. You know, you look at me now, you'd say, really, you had hair? But yeah, I was one of those surfer kids with hair down to my shoulders. So and my kids love to look at those pictures. They crack up when they take a look at them. Very cool. <laughs> Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? I know your other career in life is costume design and being at the theater, but other things that you enjoy doing?
1: Yeah, it, it's funny you should mention that. I do so, which to me is uh, – well, not to me, but to a lot of people it's kind of funny because it's such a kind of a girly, quote, uh, girly hobby. But what's nice is that at my day job, I can, I can do all those things that are – typically girly, you know, I get to go shopping and spend other people's money and I get to, you know, make things and I get to, as the customer, I get to see good looking people in their underwear on a regular basis. <laughs> so those little, really awesome things. And then I get to go and do the more quote boy things like, you know, getting dirty and learning about the cars and going on test drives and all of that stuff. And, I, you know, I want to make sure that I put those things in quotes because those are the girl stuff and the boy stuff. Those are very, very culturally constructed realities. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, a guy enjoying the costume part of, of theater or, oh, yeah. or clothing or sewing or whatever. And a girl enjoying, you know, the more um, getting dirty and learning about cars. These are all just constructs that we as a society believe need to be separated into girl and boy. And it's just, it's just not true, but it's nice to be able to kind of satisfy both those desires in my personality to have, you know, the beauty part and then to have the breaking it, race it, break it, fix it part.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. (laughs) All right, Emmy, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question could be a real doozy for some folks. If you could only have one collector car and I'll include collector race car, if you will, in your garage, but money's no object. Today I'll buy you whatever you want. What would that one vehicle be and why?
1: Okay, but I can have other cars
2: besides this car, Oh, of course, car, of course. Right?
0: This isn't your only car. That's why I add the word collector. So this is your fun car. It's not your daily driver. I won't make you get rid of your Miata. You can keep that. But this is something really unique and fun that you could have in your in your garage. You know, collector car, classic car, vintage race car, modern race car, whatever you want. I'm going to buy it for you today.
1: Okay. People are going to say that I, I, well, I don't care. I don't care. But <laughs> here's the thing. I want a thing and I want it with coil overs all the way around. And I want it with beadlocks and I want it with uh, okay. new BFG KO2 wheel uh, tires. And I want it with a dual carb 2180 Volkswagen engine. And I want it with all the lights on the front and I want it with a rockin' stereo system. And I want it. I want my thing to be totally off-road proof. She, want.
0: she wants it and she wants it now. So <laughs>
1: That is
0: what I want. <laughs> you know, you're the first one who selected that vehicle. And I'll tell you a short of story. Of course I <laughs> am. Of course you are. I'll tell you a short story. I bought years ago a Beck Spider, which is a replica of the Porsche 550 Spider. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a famous race car. And I flew down with my eight-year-old son to Long Beach, California. A gentleman down there, John Wilhoit. Who restores three fifty six and nine eleven Porsches? Fantastic restoration shop. He built this car for a customer of his, who sold it to me. And when he picked picked us up at the airport, he was driving a highly modified VW thing with a big, high pro, probably an engine very much like yours. And I'll never forget that's the first time I had ever ridden in a thing. And we went from the uh, Long Beach airport to his shop, and. Sun is out, <laughs> the top is off, and it's got that powerful engine and it was just customized to the T's. So when you were describing that I was thinking of John's thing because uh it was pretty darn cool. So uh all right, I'll have to build you a thing, I guess. That sounds like fun Thank though.
2: You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Very cool. Oh, no, I
0: think it's I think it's wonderful. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, Emmy, you've taken me on a great ride as I knew you would today. We got a little dirty out in the desert, out in the weeds, and the tumbleweeds, but I think that's awesome. Really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that VW thing?
1: You know, again, going back to the gazelle rally, somebody had said this to us, one of the photographers. He said, just do your life. Just do your life. (laughs) <laughs> and that's just do your life. You know, if it makes you happy, then do it. Yep. And if you think you can't do it, just find a way to do it. There's always a way to do it. And there's always an excuse not to do it. So yep. just do your life.
0: That's uh, that simple. I think it is. I always say that uh, excuses are those lies we tell ourselves. Yep. I love that. Just do it. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing these days?
1: Well, um, I am all over the social medias. You can find me on Facebook at slash Emmy Hall. And uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I am at M M-M Motorsports, which is Mega Monkey Motorsports, so at <laughs> MM Motorsports.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I got a thing for monkeys. You can't tell. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then my blog about the 1600 car is just uh, www.emmyhall.com. And then our gazelle-specific blog is indianajones.com, which is J-O-A-N-S since we are a, uh, an all-female team. Nice. Yeah, so um, please, I love chatting with, with people online about cars. I try to post different things to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so I'm always like having different photos across all of them. So you really need to subscribe to all of them if you want to get all my all my stuff. Yeah. But I love chatting with people, and I'm, I try really hard to answer every single tweet that I get.
0: I can tell you love talking with people. You've got a fantastic personality and having a great time with your life. I think that's awesome. Listeners, you can find links to everything we've talked about today here at carsyacom slash Emmy Hall. Just put Emmy, E-M-M-E, in the search box and her show notes page will pop right up. Emmy, thank you for being so much fun today, so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing all your wild and crazy experiences with me and the listeners. What fun you're having out there. And have a great time in your race in Barstow. Sounds like a blast. Until we talk again...
2: YOU <laughs> HAVE-